Welcome to No Picks After Dark, Baltimore Sun's best podcast of 2020, voted by you, the listeners. No Picks After Dark seeks to build a community based on human experience, storytelling, and conversation. Now your host, Aaron Dante. Celebrate this holiday season with Indie Wellness. Take time to slow down, enjoy a little moment, and make time for care of yourself and others. Visit your neighborhood sanctuary, Indie Wellness, for a luxurious experience for everybody. Treat yourself and a loved one with a massage, facial, or an entire day of pampering with our deluxe spa day packages, which include lunch from our neighbor, Fire and Rice. For more information on booking an appointment or purchasing gift cards, visit us at endowellness.com or call us at 443-438-4048. We look forward to welcoming you and your loved ones to our beautiful new space. Welcome to the No Picks After Dark podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Dante. Today, we have a very, very special guest. We all, every guest is special, but I'm glad to get this one on because uh, it's been a while making um to have her on the show um i first noticed miss amanda um back i want to say right before covid broke out um she was doing a millennial marketing takeover and millennial marketing shout out to them um i worked with them in the past and she was doing a takeover for the day on a tuesday takeover i think or one of those days and i noticed what she was doing i was like okay that's some cool stuff she's got going on somebody i definitely want to follow and you know, and learn, you know, educate myself. And, you know, I've watched her grow and see where what she's got going on now. And it's a beautiful thing. And, you know, one thing I really harp on about my podcast is it's a community-based podcast. And I really, really want to show the entrepreneurs that are doing things out here in society and, you know, celebrate them. So without further ado, Miss Amanda, how are you doing today? So great, Aaron. I'm so happy to be on the show and finally talking to you. Yes, finally. You know, you, it's always funny. You have uh, they call them Instagram friends. Then you, it's like the, in real life, you finally talk to them. It's like, oh, okay, that's who it is. Exactly. <laughs> so, Miss Amanda, please tell everybody what's the name of your business before we start. Did we go into anything? Sure. So the name of my business is Project Your Best. Okay. And then what is Project Your Best? Give us like a two or three sentences, and then we'll get into it later on. Yeah. So, you know, Project Your Best is, you know, a, it's my business. It's just me, myself, and I, me helping fellow moms and busy women create sustainable wardrobes that really just make it easy for them to get dressed, to feel their best, and pursue whatever their unique purpose is. Nice, nice. So, all right, now we got the name of. We're gonna give, we're gonna go down memory lane, okay? And we're gonna <laughs> find out who you are, because that's what I like to do in a podcast. I like to, you know, shape the podcast is some, so people can know who you are and get your story, understand how things happened. So, give us a background. Are you originally from Baltimore? Are you, you know, what's going on? Yeah, so I am not originally from Baltimore. I am originally from South Central Pennsylvania near Hershey, and um. I have been in Baltimore, though, since 2008. We moved here um, just after getting married, my husband and I, and we have been here 
ever since, except for a one-year stint in Atlanta, but all three of our kids are born here and we've called we've called Baltimore and the area home for, for many years. Okay. Now when you uh, got out of, you know, higher education, what was your major? Like, what was your thing? Cause I always, yes. la- I always laugh about it. It's like people start off doing one thing, but they start doing something totally different from what they do. Yeah, it is. Years. It is not a straight road for sure. Uh, my story. So I, let me go back a step further. And I, uh, I left high school convinced that I was going to be a a doctor. I knew everyone knew that that's what Amanda was going to do. And I got to college my freshman year and honors chem hit. And I decided I did not want that white coat bad enough. So I was lucky enough to grow up, as I said, near Hershey and worked with uh, the Penn State Children's Hospital. So I knew of this career called child life. And if you are, you know, lucky enough that you've never had a child or a family member in pediatric, in a pediatric hospital setting, most people haven't heard of that profession, but I had because of my work volunteering there at the hospital. And so I switched my major from um, bio to human development and family studies um, with the plan to become a child life specialist. So graduated from college, uh, got a job working, ended up working at Penn State Hershey Children's Hospital. And within a couple of years, I ended up being the coordinator of the department there. Um, it was a pretty steep rise. And um, yeah, so I did that. We, we moved to Baltimore in 2008 and I worked at Johns Hopkins Children's Center for six years before we left town for my husband's fellowship. And Um, I worked some volunteer work for child life at that point in child life. And there was this thing that got placed on my heart around that time as a mom in the trenches with two little boys that were three and, you know, an infant. And, um, you know, so that's sort of where Project Your Best started. And so I've got a degree in human development and family studies and a master's in health education. So here I am helping women get dressed. It, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> so I, you know, I always ask entrepreneurs, you know, what clicked? All right, is this for me? Um, you know, there's something always happens. And you're like, I, I'm not, this is not where I'm supposed to be. I, it's time for me to move on and take that leave of faith. What happened? Where did that happen with you when you're working John Hopkins and things of that nature? Yeah, I mean, so I was... Um, I was lucky enough when we, we did our year in Atlanta and moved back to Baltimore, and I had this incredible opportunity to work with Towson University and GBMC to help them establish a child life program there for their pediatric emergency room and inpatient unit. And it was great. It was this consulting job that I just could have never, it, it fell into my lap. It was such a gift. And I did that. Um, got pregnant with my third child. And after she was born, I was still work, trying to work clinically a little bit. You know, this is my profession. It was my career that I had been in for a decade. And it really felt, it, it, it started not feeling right. And like I said, this, this idea that had been placed on my heart years earlier had never gone away. And um I ended up, honestly, I ended up going to counseling because I was just not content. I had some, you know, I just wanted to be a better mom and feel better as a mom. And I didn't know if I had some postpartum anxiety stuff happening or what it really was. And I, and I, it was such a long runway to the, the 
beginning of project your best. It doesn't even feel like a moment, but sitting in the counselor's office one day, I said to her, I just, what I really feel like is I want to help other moms be able to look in the mirror and see themselves again, to, to feel seen. Um, you know, we, we do so many things for other people, wear so many hats. And, and especially when you become a mom, you're all of a sudden, like almost no one calls you by your name anymore. It's, you know, you're William's mom, you're Henry's mom, you're Leah's mom, you're, you know, you just, you, your identity gets wrapped up in your kids and that can be great. But I think there's a piece of it where you just want to feel like yourself again. And, you know, she said to me, you have no idea how many moms sit where you're sitting and and say the same thing that you're saying but they don't know how to get there and that really I think was such a that was a pivotal moment because it gave me the sort of encouragement and confidence that the idea that I had was not um personal just for me it was something a little bit more universal that so many moms feel and you know I needed to do something with it Okay, so that is this building up, building up inside of you, find out. So then you're like, you know what? I'm going to take this leap of faith, okay? You, you, you tell your friends, you tell your family, I'm about to quit this job, the consulting business, and I'm going to start my own gig. How was that, you know, when you talk to your friends, I'm like, what, were they, did they always know that you wanted to do this? Or was it just kind of like an out of the blue or a shock? Were they shocked? Um, I don't think many people, friends and family, would have expected me to leave my career in child life. I think they knew that I, you know, loved clothes, loved fashion. Um, I mean, I was the kid that by kindergarten, my mom was making me lay out my outfit the night before so that I didn't try on 17 outfits in the morning before kindergarten. And, you know, I was the kid that loved getting clothes for birthdays and Christmas. Like I wanted the clothes and then I was going to put on a fashion show for you with all the new things I just got. So it's funny looking back like this, that the interest and the passion has always been there, but it just was definitely not the way it wasn't the pathway I took in terms of a career. And so to be honest, for a long time, I didn't really broadcast this decision and um, everyone was supportive, but I think it was me feeling, um, I don't know, not that confident in the idea that people would understand it was always about more than the clothes. It wasn't, it, it wasn't just about let me help you get dressed up and pick out a new outfit. It was really so much deeper than that, but I didn't think people would get it or that I could articulate it that well, especially in the beginning. Nice. So, all right. So, uh, so then was there an entrepreneur out there that you, or business book that you were reading that you were like, all right, I like how they're doing things, you know, not mean let's not rewrite the wheel or we, or you can. What was your thoughts going on going into that? Yeah, that's such a great question. I, I think because I had such a, like I was saying before, a long runway leading up to really diving in to project your best. It was such a DIY kind of, you know, I'd listen to podcasts. I still do. I, you know, I, I, I devour podcasts. I, I try to self-teach and 
Um, you know, more recently I've invested in, in business coaching and things like that, but it was such a, you know, a solo journey for the longest time. And to be honest, it didn't really feel like there were that many other business models for what I wanted to do with Project Your Best, because one of my main um, like values or, or the purpose in the beginning was to serve moms and busy women who would normally just grab an outfit at Target when they're running to buy diapers for their kid. Or, you know, you're, you're buying your kids back to school clothes at Old Navy. So you pick it, you know, you pick up something for yourself there. So not for the women who have tons and tons of disposable income to spend on their wardrobe, because that's who I was. A, a child life specialist is, you know, probably doesn't even make as much as a teacher. You know, it's, it's, it's not a high paying position. And I still wanted to feel good about myself and the way I looked. And I knew that other moms, you know, would be the same. So um, I just didn't feel like there was a good, you know, there are of course wardrobe stylists and personal stylists out there. Um, but I never wanted to bring a rack of designer items to someone's home and help them be outfitted for the next season or, you know, help necessarily only women who are getting ready for events where they're going to be photographed. I really wanted to serve like the mom next door and help her get dressed for the everyday. I like that. I like that. That's really cool. That's real. Because I guess we all live busy lives. And again, you know, Alex, I've had followed you, what you've been doing. And again, it's amazing. I mean, I mean, just to seeing what certain things that you have transformed has been amazing. Just to seeing from me following you from the millennial marketing to now. So kudos to you for what you're doing right now. So did you have any, when you first started this, Social media. Let's get let's, let's do social media first. So, did you realize it? Like, were you in heavily into social media before this? Were you like all on like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all those things? Or, or was this like a whole new learning curve for you also? Yeah, no, it's you know I did the normal. You know, Facebook was for sharing baby pictures and you know just normal normal stuff. And I can tell, the, I can tell that because I get those, you know, Facebook memories come up and I'm like, oh my goodness, why was I bothering posting that silly <laughs> thing about my life, you know? Um, and obviously when it becomes, it, it's such an integral part of almost any business these days. And especially now, um, you know, in, in 2020. So it has definitely been a learning curve. And again, I go to podcasts and books and you know, I Google and I, you know, and more recently I'm investing in some, some coaching and some, you know, more expert driven, uh, guidance on all of that. But, um, definitely, I mean, I can remember hitting a thousand followers on Instagram and it, it was just like the greatest day besides, you know, my wedding and my four, my three kids being born, but you know, it's just, it's funny how, you know, I, I know I need to use it as a tool and I, I do genuinely love sharing on social media, but, um, more and more, I think we're all becoming aware that you, you need to manage it and not let it manage you. Right. Right. I know the only reason why I brought it up because I saw that you, um, you're promoting your business and you were like, how I'm learning this reels thing. I'm learning this TikTok thing. 
And it's just funny to me because I've talked to a lot of entrepreneurs on the show and they're like, social media is like a full-time job. It really is, you know, updating, having people look. I mean, it's part of the marketing strategy of any business, but now it's everybody's, it's, people, the world is still not as busy as it used to be. People aren't, people are still working from home. You know, the, the it's like the turn back the clock came back again and we're still yep. at home. Um, I've been working home from home since March 13th. So again, you have a lot of time. What was your thoughts when, so when COVID hit up, when COVID hit for you, sorry, that's my doorbell, I apologize. But when COVID, when COVID happened, what was your business model at that point? Were you nervous that you were starting a new business at the wrong time? Or were you like, I'm just going to keep pushing, pushing and pushing while people are at home looking, trying to figure out how to save money, how to do things of that nature? Because a lot of people lost jobs during that time. So financially, you were, people were like looking for other alternatives. I thought your alternative might have been actually right on time at that point, but go ahead. I'll let you go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it has changed everything, both in the sense of how I am able to run and grow my business, but also what I need to offer for my audience. And so, um, you know, one of the things that I changed or developed in the course of COVID happening and then having kids home with me um, was, you know, I knew that there would be women at home primarily, you know, staying home with their kids when, when everything locked down in the spring, um, there was a big focus on people now were organizing closets and cleaning out clothes. And, um, Mm -hmm. so I did create a course for going through your items and selecting what would be, you know, valuable to sell on the, the, platform Poshmark, um, because that is a part of my business that kind of happens behind the scenes as I resell clothes on Poshmark. And so I was able to share that with a group of women in, you know, either just as a, you know, hobby and a way to get rid of some things you no longer want, but also it can become a pretty lucrative side hustle for people (laughs) who, you know, want to want to go that route. Um, So that was something that I changed and brought on earlier in COVID. And then for me, you know, fall 2020 was supposed to be when I had two boys in elementary school and my daughter was going to be in pre-K five days a week. And I was going to be able to put the pedal to the metal and, and go with this business. And, you know, I had to pump the brakes a little bit. And for me, being a work at home mom, as I've built and grown the business, is a priority. And so I have been lucky enough where I don't need to depend on project your best to cover bills for my family. So it, it covers extras, you know, but it doesn't cover the essentials. And so I have been very lucky that I've been able to be very slow and very, you know, intentional with growing and changing and adapting to whatever the needs primarily of my family are. And so now I've got two boys home with me um, doing distance learning that I've got to be available for that. So it has changed how much growth has happened this year for the business, but also, you know, I've been able to adapt some of my services to virtual in the virtual space. And, you know, that works for my audience too, because they're moms just like me doing distance learning from home with their kids. And um, they don't want me in their house, you know, in their face. So, you know, we, we're all trying to just adapt and and still make it work, but 
yeah, I mean, I think the idea of being able to access affordable clothes and, you know, our, our wardrobe needs changing lends itself also to secondhand shopping. Now, what trials and tribulations have you gone through as far as just the business wise? Was there anything that like was like, not today? Or, I mean, any hiccups that you've seen that you're like, shame on me once, it's not going to get me, hit me twice. Like I always tell the story how when I started podcasting, I didn't know how to edit. And that's a big part of it. And the sweetest thing is hearing somebody's voice. And I remember I had paid a guy a lot of money. He didn't, he didn't even edit it. He didn't do anything. And so I lost a couple hundred dollars. <laughs> so I, I learned, guess what? I, I learned how to edit myself. Yeah. So did you have anything going in your way as far as starting up your business and protect for protect your best? Yeah. I mean, I have had some learning opportunities, I would call them um, <laughs> with, you know, one of the things that I really want to do and you know, for better or worse, Aaron, I still think I'm going to make it happen someday. But one of the things that I really see a need for in the community is a way for women to keep clothes out of landfills, keep them circulating in the community that are not um, high-end designer and luxury, and they aren't good candidates for some of the local um like cash and carry stores where you you know walk in with a bin of clothes and they offer you some cash on the spot there's this middle level of of clothing that i a lot of moms wear and there's nowhere to go with it there's no mechanism to keep it moving and circulating in the community but it's great stuff and um so in the beginning of 2019 I created this closet clearance event where I essentially opened it up to consigners, to individuals who could have clothes at this event. I would be there to sell their items and we would sort of split it on a consignment type of basis. And then everything else that didn't get sold would go to a charitable organization that filled like the clothing closets in the city schools or helped women who were getting um, out of prison to get back up on their feet with a wardrobe. Um, and I did three of those events in 2019 and I wouldn't call any of them a huge success. I had, a, I was trying to figure out marketing myself and the pay scale and what I, I would do versus the consigners would do and um, the right space that would allow me to actually make some money instead of just paying it all out to the rental fee. Um, you know, you, I had one of the events, I think I maybe had 15 people walk in the door the whole day. Um, and there's probably 40 hours or more of work that go, you know, that went into the event. So, um, yeah, I mean, that has, it's, it has not for sure. It's been the most failure I've ever experienced in my life has been all of the learning curve of this business, but, um, lots of wins too. and you just keep, keep going and learning, you know, I mean, that's, that's what it is. Yeah, I like that. You just, you, you know, you don't give up. You just keep on learning. You learn from your mistakes, keep on moving on. And that's, that's a beautiful thing about being an entrepreneur. You got to keep on going. You know, so many people fail and they just give up, they give up right away. And it's all about perseverance. It, it takes time. You know, like I, it's cliche, Rome wasn't built in a day, but 
people, like I always tell people, people were hardly listening to my podcast in the beginning stages. It was only good friends because, you know, your friends are the ones you counted on. And then it all of a sudden just got bigger and bigger slowly. And you know what? I have, I have nothing but a lifetime to wait for patience. So kudos on you for that whole situation to happen. And you're still here. You're still striving. You're still doing what you're doing. So what things that, what kind of things used to have you seen that has catapulted you? Because I've seen you like, like numbers grown on social media. That's from my view. Like, wow, like this is, you have a group of uh, other moms doing other things. And I'm like, wow, this is really growing, growing. How are you getting that communication out there? How are you expanding your business? Just give us a little sneak behind the curtain and see what's going on back there. Yeah, I mean, thank you for saying that because it feels I am a I'm an achiever and a like tell me what the expectation is and I want to meet it and exceed it. And so nothing ever feels fast enough for me and that is not a good thing. Um <laughs> that is a struggle, but I think I think the the thing that has helped me grow and expand the most is is just trying to talk to one person. You know, I I really think there are lots of, you know, I could approach my business like I'm trying to serve everyone and 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 say things to everyone, but I think what has made the difference for me is is having that other that one mom in mind and figuring out who she is by engaging with my community, with my audience and you know, really listening to what she is telling me are her struggles, what her needs are, um, you know, those pain points in her life that I feel like I can touch on and make a difference with. And so um, that I think has been the biggest difference for me is, is not and, and, and has been a learning opportunity again for me is not every, I'm not going to be everyone's cup of tea. I'm not going to be for everyone, but the, the people I am for really feel like I'm for them. Um, you know, the best compliment is I, it was when I work with a client and then the feedback is it felt like I was talking to a friend. It felt like I was talking to, you know, that's the way I want my, my clients to feel about me because I want it to feel like it's a good match. And I really, I really get her. I see her, you know, that's the whole point. So I think for other entrepreneurs and businesses, um, I think it's about figuring out what, what you do well, or what you can, what you can serve well, and focusing on that. And um, it's okay, if you're not for everyone, if you're for your correct people. And, and so that has helped me too, because when I don't see the growth in my numbers or things like that, as long as my engagement is still high, that's really the piece that I care about. I want my people to, to be invested and, um, you know, that's what I never want to lose. This portion of the episode is sponsored by Found Studio Shop. Looking for unique gifts curated by an artist? Shop online at Found Studio Shop. Explore our delightful selection of jewelry, ceramics, stationery, cards, and holiday decor. Or pamper yourself or your loved ones with candles, gift boxes, and locally made bath and body products. All of this and more is available for shipping or local pickup at Red Canoe Cafe. Browse whenever the mood strikes at foundstudioshop.com.
So give us a little background about just how did thrift shopping become so big? I know you use a lot, have done some things with that. And I've never gone thrift shopping. I can be the first one to tell you, I've never gone, but I have friends that go to thrift shops, get amazing outfits, and I'm just blown away. I think maybe it's me being patient. I don't have patience for that. I just want to, like, if I go, if I want to go buy something, I go buy something right away, done with it. But I've seen you put some outfits together and I'm like, oh, she got, like, you put, so wh where did that come from? Like, once you start doing that and like taking, I mean, I, there has to be a science to it because I, I don't want to, I have friends, I like, I have neighbors that go out to the one in Bel Air, they go to all over the place. And I'm like, it's a lot of driving for some clothes. Like, and, they <laughs> and they're like, but you can get these nice coach shoes. And then I'm like, again, I'm not driving all around. You know, gas is not, well, gas was, nobody was driving for a while, but I'm not driving all around the world for, for clothes. But so tell me the thrift scene. What have you heard from your clients and things that, you, that you've noticed that you would recommend? Yeah. So, um, you know, I always had, an, you know, growing up and always, be, again, because I didn't have a high paying job. Um, so thrifting and shopping secondhand has been something I've done for a long time. And then, you know, as I got more into uh, thinking about starting the business and really focusing a bit on, on the fashion and style uh, field, it became so apparent, especially because, again, I was trying to serve moms and I did. That was the begin in the beginning. I would tell you how to get a really cute outfit from Target. I would tell you how to get a great dupe of, a, of something more expensive at a lower, you know, I was a fast fashion addict. And in the, at the end of 2018, it became, I, I kept seeing more and more on social media and news articles. And it, it just became more and more apparent that there was such a, really a high cost to, to cheap fashion. And I, it, it was over Christmas break of 2018, 2019, as 2019 was rolling in, I watched the documentary, The True Cost. And that was it. I mean, I, I probably have never had anything that has changed my behavior so dramatically as watching that documentary. I have not shopped. I have not shopped except secondhand since January, 2019. Um, and it, it, it's um, really something that I try to share with my community, the importance of shopping secondhand or choosing items from sustainable brands because there's the the cost to the planet and the cost to our fellow you know people around the globe is so so high um and as I began you know I just I've never gone back like I, I've shopped secondhand pr primarily you know all this time a few few new things that are from sustainable labels but um, I don't miss it. I really thought I would in the beginning. I don't miss it at all. And I love the ability. I think what a lot of people are drawn to who are big into thrifting is the ability to create such a unique personalized wardrobe. Because when you're mixing from different years and different brands and different styles um, that you can't do when you just walk into a brick and mortar store, a regular retailer, um, 
you know, you look like you can kind of look like any everyone else when you, um, you know, you scroll through the squares and all the influencers are selling the same thing um, from from the, the next sale that's happening at, you know, your major department store at the mall. Everyone is wearing the same stuff. But yeah, shopping secondhand just gives you the opportunity to really create your own personalized wardrobe. And um I love it. I mean, and, and that's part of the reason. So I, I had created this secondhand style box for the exact reason that you just mentioned. Most people either don't want to spend hours combing the racks at their local thrift store or don't mm -hmm. know how to pick out the good from the bad, but I love it. And so, you know, it's basically a service that's, it's like Stitch Fix, but it's all secondhand. But I, you know, get your personal rundown on sizing and preferences and wardrobe needs. And then I go shopping and then I deliver it to the client's door. So it couldn't be easier. Um, it's not immediate. You know, it's not it's not prime delivery, but, um, <laughs> you know, it takes a lot of the work out of shopping secondhand and it's super affordable. You know, it's it's really affordable and you can get better stuff for less money. And what have your clients said when you've done the magic for them? What, what, what's the normally their, when they, when you give them like, here you go, voila, this is what I got for you. What, what's normally their response from you? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, they're, they're usually just, you know, it's usually like, oh, you nailed it. I loved this. The fit wasn't quite right, but we'll get there. You know, fit is often a little tricky. I mean, it always is. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a mix of always trying to really match their personal style, maybe push it a little bit more than what they would have done for themselves, because I offer uh, outfit suggestions for each piece that's included, you know, how to style it in the box. And, you know, they feel like that's so helpful because it's not just about getting the pieces in their closet. It's about how to put them together with things they might already own or other pieces that are in the box. And um, yeah, so I think it's just about, you know, for my clients, most of them, it's just, they don't want to think about their clothes, but they know that it's important. You know, they, they want to feel good when they get dressed and um, you know, and they, they don't want to invest tons and tons into their wardrobe, especially again, my busy moms or my moms who have kids that are still, you know, covering them in, in spit up and Play-Doh and paint and marker and all the things, you know, we, we want to be able to be with our kids, but you know, you don't want to, you don't want to spend a lot of money, uh, to potentially only have it, you know, damaged, ruined the first time you wear it. So thrifting is, is actually so perfect for moms. Nice. No, I'm glad you explained that. Right? That I you have answered my questions. That was definitely what I was definitely trying to get out of there. So, what is yourself? If you uh, say, if I'm a potential mom listening to the show right now, project you. You, I think you've already have done this, but give me your give us the, the two sentence, three sentence sales pitch you would tell to the listeners right now about project your best, how they can help you out going forward, or just check us out online. What would you say? Yeah, I mean, project your best is is really just that, you know, it comes from a place where I was the mom showing up to preschool drop off and pick up in the raggediest sweats. <laughs> and it was a reflection of how I was feeling on the inside. I was showing the world how overwhelmed, exhausted, just lost I was feeling. And it wasn't until I made the commitment to start getting dressed in a way that allowed me to look in the mirror 
and see Amanda again, that I started to pull myself out of that. And so I know the power and that's what I want the clients I work with to feel. I want them to feel that transformation that you're going to get dressed and you're going to get up and put clothes on every day. You might as well get dressed and feel your best. And that doesn't mean getting dressed up. It's just looking in the mirror and seeing you again, and then stepping into your day with, you know, feeling more encouraged, more empowered, and more purposeful. Nice, nice. So what do you see next going in your company for next, your projection, like next year? What do you see is going that's going to be next? Yeah, so I mean, I have a lot of, um, you know, like I, like I was just saying, I've started converting some of my services that were in-home services to a virtual setting because, you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel, but it feels like we're going to be, you know, doing the virtual thing for a while longer. And um, so I really think there's going to be some virtual services that are, are available for moms to help them, you know, identify and define their personal style and then align that with their life. So what their wardrobe needs are and what their, um, you know, their budget might be. And, you know, I, I hope to do a, another class selling on Poshmark um, in the spring sometime, because like I said, I think that, you know, the new year, there's lots of resolutions that are pretty typical. And a lot of people are looking to get organized and purge their homes at that point. So um, I think it'll be a good time for the audience, you know, my audience to get refreshed on what items they can, you know, make some money on. And um, yeah, I would love to start doing some when we're able to again, I'd love to start offering some services where people could come to the thrift store with me and see mm -hmm. my process. You know, I feel like if they could just sort of see how it works, it would be less intimidating for them to do on their own in the future. So it's sort of like, you know, teach a man how to fish and he'll, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> eat his whole life versus if you just sell him the fish. And that's right. sort of what I see happening. I think there's women out there that would be willing to do it if they had a little bit more guidance. So I'd love to do some of that in 2021 too. Anything, cause this is going to come out right before the holidays, anything for holiday shoppers, like looking for something quick, you know, Something, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, it's going to come out right for a couple, I want to say it's going to come out two weeks before Christmas, this episode. Yeah, so, so I mean, I am going to be rolling out um, gift certificates in the next day or so, and um, they can be applied to any of my services. You could buy someone a gift certificate for one of the secondhand style boxes, for example, and then slip them, you know, like a Visa gift card to cover the cost of the clothing. And it's, it's one of those things, you know, my services are one of those things that I think, you know, the moms or the women in your life maybe wouldn't buy for themselves, but it's just a nice treat, a nice gift because they are going to, feel so much better once we get through our ser the service and once they get the clothes, once they get some guidance on their personal style, it's something that'll help them feel better for all of 2021 and, um, you know, really get them set up to shine. Nice. Nice. All right. So we got through the hard part. Okay. I know this, <laughs> people always sweat like, goodness gracious, he's ever going to stop talking, but we're going to do rapid fire. Okay. We're going to oh, okay. rapid fire. This is always my fun part. I like doing this part of the show. What inspires you every day? Hmm. 
I think what inspires me every day is just, uh, you know, I'm just trying to reflect, reflect his light. You know, I mean, that is the, the whole reason behind the diamond in my logo. I feel like if I align myself with my purpose, then God's light reflects through me. Um, and so I just want to help other people get aligned with their purpose and shine light too. Right. Right. What, uh, your favorite author, what's your favorite author? Oh my goodness, Aaron. Can I tell you, I don't know the last book I read, <laughs> but I love, I love an in-style magazine. Um, <laughs> no worries. No worries. Listen, listen, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, how about this? Your favorite music group. Ooh. Um, I mean, I'm going to say, here, here's the song I'm always going to sing to the group. I'm always going to sing to salt and pepper. Oh, wow. Oh, shoot. Shoot. Oh, wow. <laughs> you going away. Oh, okay. Shoop, okay. Shoop. Shoop's yeah. my song. Okay. Okay. You're going old school here. All right. Oh man. That, all right. All right. So that, that, that tells our age range here. You know, yeah, same age yeah. range I have. Okay. All right. Young people might not know about that. They no. About oh, that. they should though. Uh, your favorite meal during brunch. Oh, I'm a carbs girl. So honestly, a big old stack of pancakes. Okay. All right. Flats or drums. This is the, this is the million people either get this right or wrong. They're like, what is a flat or a drum? Um, well, that was my initial thought. And I'll tell you, I thought, well, flats are my favorite style of shoe. So I'm going to go with flats. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so they're, they're, they're wings, they're wings. So the drum is the drumstick and yeah. the, the, the flat is a flat wing, flat. Yeah. Wing. Okay. Oh, yeah. Flats are good. All right. Do you eat, do you eat chicken wings? No. No. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. All right. All right. No worries. No worries. No worries. It happens. All right. Let's see if blue cheese or ranch. None of the above, huh? None it's gonna be above. ranch. It's gonna be ranch. Oh! <laughs> we got who got in this interview? Oh, no. <laughs> I listened to you too much. I knew that. I, I was hoping I wasn't gonna get that question. I knew it was gonna be a. Oh, it was gonna be a big fat F on that one. <laughs> it's all. It's all good. It's all good. I, I I put you know I you know, I put ranch for French fries. I can do that. I can. Do okay. That. All right. All right. Favorite thrift store. You know, it's, it's nothing special, but my local Timonium Goodwill, that's my jam. That's my spot. Are there, so are there certain days to go on or no, you just go random days and this is um, really... There used to be uh, currently with the way they've got it set up. You could just go any day and find treasure. Okay. All right. Favorite cr- place to get a crab cake. Ooh. Um, ah. I'm going to I'm going to say Papa's. Okay. It's local to me here in Cockeysville. I can just run right over there. That's but that, Costas it, Inn is good too. It's so, I mean, this yeah. is a hard thing in this city. <laughs> All right. How about this? Your favorite restaurant. If you and your husband were going out to dinner, what would be your favorite restaurant to go to right now? Your, your go-to. This oh, wasn't man. one of the questions. It's been this such a minute since that has happened. Yeah. Pre-COVID. I mean, if it was a special, <laughs> special, you know, and I had my pick. Yeah, we special, special. Okay. Hey, I, that, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. <laughs> I went there once and I was like, okay, I'm glad I'm not paying this for this bill. Yep, yep. <laughs> and <laughs> what, 
What is the best advice you have ever received? Mm. You know, and I think of this often uh, as I muddle my way through entrepreneurship is you don't always have to be the expert. Sometimes you just need to be willing to do the work. Nice. And uh, you are off the hot seat. I just want to again, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been a make and a making for such a long time. Uh, you and I have conversated back and forth on IG so many times. And I just want to thank you. And I always like to do this at the end for what you've done. Uh, you and I've had great conversations and this behind the scenes that doesn't need to be expressed to the world, but thank you for what you do. You've been doing and your opinions. Um, sometimes people's opinions are not popular but you stuck to your guns and to your morals. And I really appreciate that. And that's what makes humanity, humanity, not just all into Norman. Thank you so much for being who you are. And I'll always be an advocate for what you're going to do and support you. And once, you know, I would love for you to come back on a little bit later on when things get, when the world opens back up and I would love to go do a drift, go like, oh, let's go tape it one day. And I want to go, go thrift shop and check it out. Maybe get something for my wife and see what we can do. But uh, yeah. I really want to say thank you for everything you've done. And that's just me saying, because as again, we've been talking, chatting since March and it just really just been really powerful, uh, powerful conversations behind the scenes and keep on doing what you're doing. And we're, like I said, Baltimore, proud of you, small entrepreneur, please support folks. Entrepreneurs need your help. This is right. Small businesses. This is really important. These are your neighbors. These are your friends. Really support. Any last words you want to say? No, just thank you, Aaron. I think, you know, you telling these stories and sharing entrepreneurs stories and, and putting highlights on people in the community. It's, it's so important. So thank you for the work that you do. Hey, thank you. And on that note, peace, love, and happiness. We're out folks. <laughs>